Welcome to She's a DPM, a platform for women to share their experiences, knowledge, and insights on cultivating a life in and outside the field of podiatric medicine and surgery. Welcome back to She's a DPM. This is Dr. Stephanie Oxman, your host. First off, I just want to say a big thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. I am grateful to everyone who's taken the time to listen, rate, review, and reach out to me with their suggestions and inputs. It really means a lot. And I look forward to continuing the podcast and appreciate your feedback and support and keep spreading the word. Um, We have a lot of really interesting interviews coming up that I am excited to share. Uh, Today is a solo episode and I wanna discuss Um, maybe some of you have heard of these terms, maybe not hard skills versus soft skills and how we can fine tune our skills to become better doctors and surgeons. So during residency, I came across, and I wish I actually would have read this book earlier in my medical training. Um, I read the book quote unquote skill by Dr. Christopher Ahmad. And if you're looking for a new read, I highly recommend this book. Um, It talks about 40 principles that surgeons, athletes, and other elite performers can use to achieve mastery. Sounds a little hokey, but bear with me. I think there are a lot of great um, points that Dr. Ahmad makes in this book that you can take today and implement into your surgical practice. Dr. Ahmad is a highly renowned orthopedic surgeon. And at the time that he wrote this book, and maybe he still is a head physician for the New York Yankees. This book definitely has a lot of analogies to sports, um, which as a past athlete, I can appreciate, even though today I'm definitely more of a go sports type of fan. Um, Athletes and surgeons have a lot in common in regards to the way we train and dedicate our lives to our profession. So this book, like I mentioned, has great points that hopefully if you read, you can take something away um, and start implementing into your surgical practice, no matter what level of training you are currently in. So like I said, I first read this book in residency and found it very motivational. And it's a book that I find myself keep going back to, I have certain page marked some highlights, you know, notes in the margins. Um, and while I don't agree with everything in this book, like he mentions, uh, stealing your co-residents cadaver limb and using it because you have to be that cutthroat. Um, that seems extreme, but he does give you practical advice. I want to just talk about some of those principles and really developing hard skills and soft skills, which I really do think developing both of these can not only make you a more efficient, but proficient surgeon as well. So have you ever been in the operating room during your training? And there was just a surgeon who just stood out and made everything, even the most complicated of cases look so effortless. I had an attending in residency who always made everything seem so easy and the surgeries would just easily flow by, um, was very efficient. And I think that's because he had taken the time to develop both his hard and soft skills. And I noticed that and said, 
I need to do, I need to follow his lead. Cause then there would be times when I would go into a, the exact same or, you know, very similar case and it wouldn't go effortless and it would take extra time and we'd have to reposition the patient and, or it just didn't seem to flow as well. So like, what was the difference? And it's because these hard and soft skills. So there are tasks or consistent measures that you can take before each case, even before it begins, that you can start performing to help you set up for a successful case. Hard skills are the ability to repeat with precision. These are the basics of surgery, like the fundamentals that when mastered, we're able to provide not only excellent exposure, but that's what makes everything look easy since you've taken the time beforehand to make sure everything is perfectly set up. There is no such thing as a perfect surgery, but you can be as close as perfect as you can for a setup. And this is in regards to the patient positioning, tourniquet placement, if you use one, draping, C-arm placement, making sure that you have all instrumentation already readily available in the room and table and light positioning. If you're a resident or a medical student listening to this, or maybe an attending that just is looking to hone skills, if you take the time to consistently and repeatedly do these things prior to your incision time, it will set you up to be a more efficient and you're going to look like a boss in the OR. If these hard skills aren't honed, you spend time, precious time, moving the patient, changing positioning, fixing your draping, asking for instrumentations. And now, as we all know, sometimes if those aren't readily available, that can take a long time to find. And then you're just sitting there waiting and the patient's under anesthesia. If your tourniquet isn't properly placed and isn't working, you're having difficulty seeing your field, you're spending all this extra time, um, just getting good exposure. So if you take those extra five, 10 minutes and set up all these small things, these hard skills, you're going to be a more proficient and skilled surgeon. So when I was a first year and my (laughs) attending would come into the room and the patient's foot was three inches from the edge of the bed instead of six inches. And the tourniquet wasn't just right, but it seemed just good enough. He would have me reposition and have me replace the tourniquet until it was perfect. And, you know, as a first year, of course, you're just trying to get by and trying to learn a lot of different attendings preferences. But like I said, when I was in the OR with him and doing a case and saw how effortless and how little time we wasted on these things during the surgery compared to sometimes others that like, it was just a little more difficult because those principles weren't applied and that consistent repeat with precision didn't happen. But as I went throughout training, I tried to then implement this and saw that it did make cases more efficient. So in this book, they talk about fundamentals are everything. And if you don't have a strong base to your foundation, the house is sure to crumble when stress is applied. So another big hard skill is your knowledge of anatomy. This is critical and can differentiate a good from a great surgeon. I am still a young surgeon and I am trying to spend as much time as possible in the lab. I would recommend that anytime you have access to a cadaver lab, you go and immerse yourself in the anatomy. 
I took this maybe more for granted than I thought in residency, uh, but definitely have learned, especially in my fellowship to appreciate exposure of anatomy and learning anatomy in the lab. Um, and I am now currently doing this in practice as well. Anatomy is the roadmap to your surgical exposure and the better exposure you have, the easier the surgery is going to be. So if you know, for in this case, we're foot and ankle and lower limb surgeons. If you know that lower limb and all the anatomic variations, the neurovascular supply and the function of all the musculoskeletal, you're going to be able to achieve anything that you need to be done in the OR. You will become a master of anatomy and then a master surgeon. Now, soft skills are the development of decision-making under pressure. So first things first, you have the development of your hard skills and that, and that repeating precision. So once that becomes like second nature, you're not having to spend time focusing on that and you can become now more, um, focus on the development of your fine surgical skills, soft skills. Um, I feel like are a constant development and you never really stop trying to fine tune them. And you're always looking for what you can be, do better. And in this book, they talk about that. This is what differentiates the average surgeons from the great ones. And Hey, don't we all want to be one of the great ones? Uh, but that takes a lot of work and soft skills are prioritizing the preparation because failure to prepare is preparing to fail. Right. So, um, it is taking the time to respect the complicated challenges and anticipating the future problems and how to avoid them. Uh, this is not just having a, going into the OR with a plan a, even on the most, like what we would call a bread and butter case, um, not only having a plan a, but expecting the unexpected and having a plan B, C and D. When surgeons are able to do this, um, these are the surgeons that make the most challenging of cases seem routine and effortless. Those that have these soft skills. So the development of soft skills, like I mentioned, never ends. Um, it's a constant progression and development. It is the ability to analyze the cases that go well, but even more so the cases that did not go well. And there's always a learning opportunity. It is anticipating the potential complications and trying to optimize these situations even before they happen. So one way to, to train and develop these soft skills or decision-making skills is creating these theoretical scenarios or surprises. So many times, you know, in academic set settings and residencies and fellowship, um, we had case reviews, right? And at times we would be asked like, well, why did you do that? But really we should be asking, what would you do in this case scenario? Like when you, when this scenario is applied, what are you going to do? And constantly asking what if to ourselves and to our residents and students, especially if we're in a position of training that this, what if questioning takes surgical scenario planning and requires the development of visualization and detailed brain power. And this doesn't mean that you have to have a constant negative thought process or constant live in fear that everything you do is going to be wrong, but that you're actually being prepared for the, and 
really inevitable complications. If you do surgery, you're going to have complications, but if, if you already thought in the future of those possible complications, and you already know the next steps on how to handle those, instead of just burying your head in the sand, that's going to make you a, a better and a, like greater surgeon. So the future of surgical procedures are not always easily predictable, but when we're able to develop those soft skills and actually imagine <laughs> different scenarios or the multiverse, um, we're going to be able to be the better surgeon. We're going to be the best surgeon that you can be. And actually in the book, he talks that lots of times when we see a great surgeon, they make things look easy. We're told that, oh, they have good hands or they're just naturally gifted. But lots of times we go into residency in these programs, you don't even know people's hand skills, but it's the people that are going above and beyond and developing these hard and soft skills and taking the time after every case to review what went well, but what could go better. And this is how you're going to develop those decision-making skills and be able to anticipate the unexpected. Um, like I said, he has 40 principles throughout this book and overall great information. Um, if you're interested in reading this book, I do have a link below that, uh, will bring you to an Amazon link. Um, once again, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, appreciate all the reviews and the feedback and looking forward to delivering more episodes to you. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Um, and I'll see you back here in two weeks. Thank you. Email me at droxman at gmail.com. The address is in the show notes below. And let me know if there's a topic or if you know a kick-ass lady who should be interviewed. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on the podcast. And remember, stay uncomfortable. That's where we grow.